Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. Today's show is on mindsets. I'm titling the episode today as Mindsets, Make It Easier. We can have mindsets that are helpful, or we can have mindsets that are unhelpful, that hold us back, that make it harder on ourselves. Oftentimes, we're wanting something out there to fix it for us. We feel like our life needs to get better. There needs to be someone else who comes in and makes it better for us. Uh, We're waiting for someone else or conditions to be just right for our life to be fixed. And this show is about taking control over your own life and not waiting for your life to be fixed by Washington or by your boss or by somebody else. But it's learning to take control of your life and learn to pursue what you want and to take ownership and responsibility for where you're at and where your life is going. Because it's your life, you get to pick what you want, and it shouldn't be at the mercy of someone else or something else out there. So mindsets have a lot to do with our success in life. It has to do with how we think about things. And uh, inside of us... Uh, We have a lot of things going on that make it harder for us to succeed. And those things aren't things that we've chosen. They're just things that have happened, things uh, we've learned a certain way when we grew up that we thought life worked a certain way. Uh, We end up having certain beliefs that we have. And so there are seven things uh, that kind of are in us that make it easier or make it harder for us to navigate through life and to navigate through relationships and to have what we want and to create meaning with our lives. And these seven things are the meanings and the stories that we make up about why things are happening around us. The filters, when we perceive what's going on out there, we have some filters. There are certain things that get in that draw our attention. Our attention gets drawn to certain things And it tends to get drawn away from certain things. So we have some filters going on. There's a whole lot of conditioning that happens. We learn when we grow up how we're supposed to appear to be loved and accepted. We've learned that we must respond a certain way. Or if someone else responds a certain way, something will follow that. We get conditioned. Very much like Pavlov's dogs. Although we're not dogs. We have conscious beliefs. These are beliefs about how the world works, and they might include, you know, beliefs like religious beliefs, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. These are beliefs about, you know, I don't know, if someone is angry, then that means the relationship's over, for example. So that might be a belief that we might hold. It includes a whole lot of self-justification. We're trying to feel good about ourselves, and so we justify a whole lot that's going on, even stuff we don't like. We end up justifying it and and saying, well, uh, this is okay, I'm good, even though maybe we don't like it the way it is. We have our self-concept. Who are we? What are we capable of? Are we the kind of person who, fill in the blank, so are we capable, are we the kind of person who might get on the stage and talk to an audience? Are we the kind of person who... I don't know, is worthy of an expensive home. Are we the kind of person who, you know, whatever it is. That's our self-concept. 
And then we have subconscious or unconscious beliefs. These are beliefs that we have about how the world works that we're not even aware that we hold these beliefs. We just respond to these unconscious beliefs and it drives behavior, but we're not sure exactly why. We just we just assume that we must respond a certain way or things are a certain way. And, uh, and we just get into habit around those. And we just go, oh, that's just the way it is. And, but it's a subconscious belief. If someone asked us, what do you believe about this and why did you respond that way? Our answer would be, I don't know. I just always do it that way. So that's our subconscious belief. So those are the seven things. And there might be more. So I don't want to say this is an exhaustive list of everything going on in this. But I think this covers a whole lot. And this stuff can hinder us. It can hinder our relationships. It can make us have a not-so-great day most of the time. Or it can make us have an awesome day most of the time. This stuff's going all inside of us. And a big part of that is our mindsets. Now, our mindsets um, is not everything going on in us. It's just some of the stuff. And our mindsets flow out from our conscious and unconscious beliefs. It has to do with what we think the world is like. What are people like? You know, sayings like, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself, is a mindset. That's just a way we think about things. And if that's a belief that you subscribe to, then that's a part of your mindsets. So today I'm going to talk about a few mindsets. There again, it's not a definitive list of all mindsets out there. If I made a list of mindsets, I'd have to add to it over time and add to it. And even then, I probably won't have captured all of it. But today, I'm going to just talk about a few mindsets, the ones that I see a whole lot of out there. And the mindsets have a negative side to them, and then they have a positive side. So there's a negative mindset, and then there's its converse. Usually, it's a different kind of mindset uh, that helps us move the, through the world differently. So these mindsets can be in the way of you getting what you want in life. And so whatever it is you want, some folks, you know, they're out for success. They want bigger lifestyle. They want that promotion, uh, whatever that is. And some of you, you're going, ooh, ick, that's not what I want. That's selfish. However you want to view it, that's fine. But uh, for you, maybe success is different. Maybe for you, success has to do with the relationships you're in and how well those uh, flow in your life. Or maybe it's about influence in the world. Whatever it is you're going for, mindsets have a huge impact on that. And they have a huge impact on relationships. And relationships is kind of the grease that makes the world flow. So if you want more success in business, if you want more influence with people, the better that you are in relationships, the better all of us are in relationships, can either make that go smooth, like a good good grease in the in the system, or it can be all dried up and make things grind to a halt. And so these mindsets affect a whole lot about relationships. So the first set of mindsets I'm talking about here, um, there's going to be two of them, are related to the choices that we see available to us in, in our situation, wherever we're at. These are limited choice type of mindsets. And the converse then would be abundant choices. Uh, but the first uh, choice, the first set, the mindset here is what I call have to or can't. We feel like we are forced to do this or we're unable to do that. We have to do something. We can't do something. 
external circumstances, other people are controlling our life. That's a have to, can't type of mindset. And if we want success in our life, whatever that means for you, whatever it is, if it's better relationships, better influence, more success, more money, whatever it is, and if you're flowing through the world believing you have to or you can't, that's pretty debilitating. You feel like your whole life is controlled by something else or other people, and you feel stuck. So that's a have to or can't type of mindset. It feels like you're out of options. And in fact, I see this a whole lot, even like in TV shows. I didn't have a choice. You know, the guy did this and I had to kidnap this girl and I had to do that. And and uh, the truth is we are rarely ever out of options. So these these have to can't mindset, um, it's a it's kind of a tricky mindset because there's there's a payout for this type of mindset. There's a benefit that we get for believing that it's somebody else's fault for our life. And maybe we don't consciously believe that, oh, I want to believe have to can't. We might say, oh, I, you know, it's not something I want to believe. It's just the way it is. But subconsciously underneath, I think it's possible, maybe not in all the cases, but often I would think it, it actually feels good to say I had to or I couldn't and it's their fault. That way we get to abdicate any sort of responsibility. We get to abdicate any sort of, of blame uh, for whatever happened. And we get to say, oh, look, it's their fault. They made me do it. And we get to feel maybe a little smug. See how they messed it all up. And we get to feel a little self-righteous because we get to put it all on the other person. But in truth, a have-to-can't type of mindset really stops us from being able to go forward with what we actually want to do. It actually gives power to other people, to other other things, our situation, and we abdicate our power, and then we feel like a victim. We feel helpless. You know, we can't get out of our situation. We're stuck. Now, I understand that in the environment, there are often a lot of factors that make it harder, and I can see that. Things can be harder, but to say that we can't or we have to isn't true. Even in an environment where it is tougher, we still have a lot of choice. Even folks who have been in concentration camps, one of the big things that they've learned, there's been a couple of folks who've written books and said the one thing that in the concentration camp that they could never take away is my ability to choose. I still had a choice. Maybe I didn't like all the choices that were open to me, but I still could choose. So folks in the concentration camp, they could have said, well, uh, I'm just going to end it. I'm going to rush out and charge the guard, even though I know they'll probably shoot me dead. And that would be a choice. That would be a way of ending the whole situation. And maybe it's not a great choice, but that is a choice. They could choose to just go along with whatever the guards wanted, or they could resist. They still had choice. So we always have choice, and we'll talk more about this right after the break.
meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about mindsets. Let's make it easy. So our mindsets can hinder our ability to to go forward with what we want and uh, can make it seem harder or we can shift our mindsets and make things a whole lot easier. And one of the mindsets, uh, what I was talking about right before the break is a have to or can't mindset. A lot of times we can fall into a can't or a have to kind of mindset if we start asking questions like, can I, or maybe the converse would be, must I? Can I start a business? Can I write a book? Can I get that job? And then we're thinking, well, maybe the answer is no. And then we're thinking, oh, if the answer is no, then I can't. And so we kind of fall into this this sort of binary, this yes-no type of uh, thinking about whether we can or can't. And a better question would be, how can I? So if you think about, you know, the question, can I get this job? Well, that's just kind of yes or no. And instead, if you asked, how can I get this job? Then suddenly it directs our mind to start thinking about all kinds of options. When we're looking at have to or can't, oftentimes we're looking at the problem and we're focusing all of our attention on the problem, but instead it's so much better to focus on the solution or possible solutions. What are some possible solutions to this problem rather than being stuck in, well, I can't do this or I have to do that. So much better to, to look at it as if there's options. So we almost never are truly in a have to or can't situation. And if you think you're in a situation like that, it might be good to take a step back. That the choices that you could make, maybe there's a lot more of those, even if not all of them are great. It might be good to just start listing them out. What are the options I actually have in this situation? And maybe you can start to come up with other options that maybe you never even thought of ways to address the situation you're in, ways to achieve the goals that you have in your life, start listing those out. A have-to-can't kind of mindset is mentally taxing as well. I don't know, maybe you've been around some folks like this, but uh, going through your day thinking that you have to or you can't is really depressing. So consider these two descriptions of a day. So... These are just made-up scenarios. So the first one is Bob has to wake up in the morning 
listening to Freebirds on his phone alarm. He has to shower and wash up. Next, he has to drink his coffee from Colombia. He then has to fix eggs for breakfast. He has to take his Yugo to work. He always has to feel angry about traffic. He has to endure his upbeat co-workers. Even though it's not in his budget, he has to eat at pom-poms for lunch. Before the end of work, he has to respond to customer emails. He has to hurry home to watch reruns on TV. And finally, he has to go to bed at 9 p.m. to do it all over again. That just feels really depressing. And we all know people like that. We've been around people where that's their description of their day is very much like that. It's, oh, I have to do this, and oh, I have to do that. And it just feels really draining. And it's also not even true. Consider this same story, just a, just a small tweak. If Bob chose to do all of those things for himself, and those were things that he wanted because he chose them, what if the story would read like this? Bob gets to wake up in the morning listening to Freebirds on his phone alarm. He gets to shower and wash up. Next, he gets to drink his coffee from Columbia. He then gets to fix eggs for breakfast. He gets to take his Yugo to work. He chooses to feel angry about traffic. He gets to enjoy his upbeat co-workers. And even though it's not in his budget, he gets to eat at pom-poms for lunch. Before the end of work, he gets to respond to customer emails. He gets to hurry home and watch reruns on TV. And finally, he gets to go to bed at 9 p.m. and do it all over again. Wow, how does that feel? That just feels pretty different. And just all it is is just changing a mindset. With a have-to-can't mindset, if you're navigating through your day, your week, your month, feeling like you have to and you're stuck, that just feels depressing and draining and dark. At least it does to me. And recognizing that we have a lot of choices and our day, our week, our month, our list, a sequence of things that we are choosing for ourselves just feels a whole lot better. It also gives us the option to choose something else. If we're choosing something and we decide we really don't like this, then we get to choose something else. So maybe for your world, you would like to go ahead and think about all the choices that you have and step out of a have-to-can't mindset and start realizing all the options and the choices that you do have and start to live different and have your days, your weeks, your months be a very different experience. The next one is also a limited choices mentality, and it's what I call A-B thinking. It's the idea that whenever we go to make a choice, we have one of two choices. We can choose A or we can choose B. We can go and keep our long commute at work, or we can switch jobs. Or, you know, just just A or B. And rarely is that really what's going on either. But uh, oftentimes we get stuck in this A or B thinking. And it can be kind of subtle. It can be easy to get into that when we start asking whether or not type of questions. Should I go to the party or not? Or should I buy this company or not? And we're only considering two options. This thing or not this thing. And we're stuck in A-B thinking. And if your questions in your mind is whether or not I should do fill in the blank, then you're probably stuck in A-B thinking. And your focus is pretty narrow. 
you're just considering one of two options. But in reality, we often have way more options than that. Consider the opportunity cost. So if you're in a whether or not type of question that you're trying to answer, if you just add in, should I buy this company or spend however many billions of dollars doing something else with that money, then you start to see that there's a whole lot of other options related to that not doing this one choice. And there's a whole lot of other choices there attached to that. What is the opportunity cost? If you go to the party, that means that you're probably not going somewhere else. So you can say, should I go to the party or not and spend my time doing something else? What's the something else? That's the opportunity cost. That might help you open up options that you've not been considering. Another way to open up options to realize you're not really stuck in these just two choices is what if you assumed you couldn't pick either of those two choices? You just decided, at least for a while, you just said, I'm just going to to suspend these two choices for a while and just say, what if I couldn't pick either of them? Then what would I do? Even if it's a whether or not type of option or it's, you know, stick with the job and the long commute or changing jobs. What if you couldn't do either of those things? What would come to mind? Probably a lot more options would pop up. So it's good to open up options. Another way is to just really broaden your perspective. What is it that you really want? If the options before you weren't being presented to you, those weren't even being there, you know, put it put in front of you to consider, what would you really want out of life? What do you really want? You might open up some other options that weren't even presented at all. Maybe you'd like to change careers. Just this job or another one is pretty narrow thinking. What if instead you'd really rather be living close to family? And instead of this job or some other job, the real question is whether you'd like to be close to family or not. I'm not sure what it would be for you, but taking a wider view certainly helps a whole lot in making choices and getting out of a narrow frame, a narrow way of thinking in just these two options in front of you. Maybe the normal accepted way of doing things really doesn't match your values and what you want. A lot of times we feel like, oh, you know, we, we need to do this, we need to do that because that's what everybody's doing and the experts are doing it this way and so this is the way you do it uh, without even taking a step back and like what, what do you really value? What is important to you? Maybe the accepted way just doesn't fit you. A whole lot of that is going on in the way that we market. So out there... If you have a small business, if you had some kind of side hustle that you're running, you're going to hear all kinds of messages about, oh, you need to get on social media and you need to have messages this way and you need to do this. You need to have a blog and you need to do all these things to be successful. But the truth is that's just the way somebody started doing it and it worked for them. So now everybody else is following in his footsteps trying to repeat that success. But maybe the way that person did it just doesn't fit you at all. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You can sit down and look at it and go, well, what what is true for me? What makes sense for me? What is in alignment with my values is to do this other kind of thing. And there's no way that it has to be. There's all kinds of options out there. Next mindset that I want to talk about that we fall into a lot is this win-win or no deal 
or win-lose? How do we approach relationships in negotiation? And I'm going to get into this and talk more about this right after the break. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. My name is Jim. I'm a veteran and I lost both legs in Vietnam. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. I'm Julius. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. If you've hit a plateau in whatever endeavor you're in, in your business, uh, in whatever goals you're trying to achieve, and you're ready for that plateau to be over, I'd be happy to come alongside and to help. And you can call 916-783-2622. And leave a message and we'll connect and see how it is I can best help you and support you in reaching your goals and getting past this plateau. Right before the break, we were talking about mindsets and we're talking about mindsets. Let's make it easier. And we were talking about this idea of win-win or win-lose. This mindset about winners and losers. It's pretty easy to get into a mindset of there's a winner and there's losers. Oftentimes we watch sports and there's one team that wins. And we feel like that's the way life works. We have winners and losers and either we have either I can win or they can win and I'll lose. And we end up kind of really fighting tooth and nail in order to be the winner And we enter into negotiations, work relationships, personal relationships, thinking either I'll win or they'll win. And we're willing to die on that hill and we're ready to demolish the other person to get there because we want to be the winner. 
And at the very extreme, it can get to where it's kind of a scamish type of interaction, the type of scamish behavior, where a thought process is how can I coerce them into giving me what I want at their expense? That's what win lose leads us into. In truth, life is not a zero sum game where, in order for one party to win, others must lose. So, There's a lot of ways in order to to approach these kinds of negotiations, to approach relationships, and win-lose is only one of those. And in the end, going for win-lose actually takes withdrawals out from the relationship. We end up, uh, you know, I don't know, taking giving a hit to the other person uh, in the relationship. They feel like we don't have their back. And they feel left out and neglected and unloved and and they and it just takes a huge hit to the relationship. And if we approach all of life as win lose, well, no wonder we have a hard time in relationships, in life, at work, in other places. And so we can approach with win lose, but we could also approach with lose win. We might think, oh, that's a better approach. I'll take the hit every time. I'll lose and let them win all the time. But that's really not great either. And uh, other people don't want to always be the winner in a relationship. We can go for lose lose. That's a vindictiveness. That's where I don't care if I lose as long as they lose. Ouch. Or maybe better than win lose by a little bit is approaching it with just what I call win. Win for me. I'm going to get a win for me. I'm going to let them fend for themselves to get their own win. But I'm going to defend my win. And I'm not going to defend their win. I'm just going to defend my own. And that approach also takes withdrawals out from the relationship. Because in the end, we still really don't have their back. We're going for our win. But somehow, we really don't care if they get the win or not. And this occurs in personal relationships as well as our work relationships. Uh, It occurs all over the place. And a much better approach is what I call win-win or no deal. In other words, we won't go forward on anything unless everyone feels good about it. That's where we guard their win as well as our own. They feel like we've got their back. And if they approach it the same way, then they would have our back and we keep looking for ways for everyone can win or we just don't move forward on it. We won't move forward on anything unless everybody feels good about it, unless everyone gets the win. And that's really the way to preserve the relationships and not prioritize our win over the other person. You can assume that there is always a way to get a win-win or no-deal option. If you just start with that assumption, you're likely to find a solution to that. If you don't go into it assuming this, sometimes it's kind of hard to find a win-win or no-deal solution, and it's easy to go, oh, well, it's not working this time. I guess I'll just go for a win. But if that's our approach, then we're always or frequently defaulting back to just plain old win, and again, it's affecting our relationships. It just doesn't help in the relationship you know, if we've got our back only and not the other person's. So maybe in a particular deal or negotiation, you just can't see how both parties can win. 
So one way around that is to go ahead again and take a wider view. So maybe this time you get what you want and next time it's my turn to get what I want. And you just negotiate that. Or maybe if you do this this time, I'm not getting what I want in this particular deal, but maybe you'll buy me an ice cream or we just add something else to the negotiation and make it easier for everyone to feel good and happy about how things are going. The win-win or no deal is pretty pervasive in our society. So I really encourage you to look at where is it, are you approaching us as just a single winner and everyone else loses out? How can you get a win-win? How can you talk to the other person ahead of time and say, I really want to go for win-win? I don't want to go for any sort of win-lose deal. You know, let's work together to come up with something where everybody is happy with the end result. And that is the win-win or the win-lose type of mindset. Last thing I want to talk about is a mindset, and it's a kind of a broader mindset. It's more of a concept. And the concept has to do with being right. And I know I've fallen into this for a lot of years. I just assumed that this is this is the right way to approach things. You know, I was even proud. You know, I'm I one one of the few people who seek truth, and I want truth. And this is right, and this must be right. Therefore, this other thing must be wrong. And seeking truth, uh, but in the end, it's not a very good or helpful mindset. And the mindset, in broad terms. Uh, has to do with that there is a single one right answer or that there is a, a best something. There is a best answer, a best solution, a best way, and everything else must be wrong or not the best, not great, because there is a right and a best, and everything else is therefore not great. So you see this a lot. You go looking online. You know, what is the best phone? You see people asking this. What is the best phone? As if there's only one best phone out there. You know, what's the best dog food? What's the best college? Or what's the right way to eat a banana? As if there's only one right way, there's only one best. And this is this happens a lot in relationships. And you know, there's a lot of arguing over who's right and who's wrong about something or other. And in the end... A lot of times, it really just plain doesn't matter. There's a whole lot of arguing and a lot of angst over things that are just not all that important. There's this saying out there, I don't know if I totally agree with it, because it seems to have uh, far-reaching implications, but the idea that you can either be right or you can be happy. And I think sometimes being right is important, but certainly not so important as we seem to treat it as we navigate through the world. And we, you know, we tend to, or some of us anyways, tend to want to die on every hill being right. And a lot of times this gets deeper than just whether we're right or wrong. And I know for me, it has gotten to where my whole self-worth and my ego gets involved in it. And if I'm wrong, then somehow that means there's something wrong with me. And my whole self-worth gets all tied up in it. And so now I'm trying to be right in order to be validated by the other person. 
The problem with that that I've learned is that you can never be validated enough by people outside of ourselves. It's just never enough. We get validated this time and then we feel good about ourselves maybe for a little bit or maybe not because sometimes when we're right, it's at the other person's expense and that doesn't feel great either. And so we're validated and feel good a little bit and then we need it again and then we need it again and we seek it again and it never seems to fill us up and we're always trying to be validated and never being totally secure in our self-worth because that needs to come from inside. So being right also takes huge withdrawals from the relationship. A lot of times being right comes at the other person's expense. And the other person feels diminished. And even if it's not spoken, it's not like, oh, you know, that means that there's something wrong with you. A lot of times the other person feels, I don't know, slammed on or or diminished in some way just because we insisted on being right. And it takes withdrawals from the relationship. A hard part of this mindset is that a lot of times there is a best or a right thing, sometimes, but it's just not always. So, for example, there is a correct side of the road to drive on in the U.S. And 2 plus 2 is right, and 2 plus 2 is 5 is not right. But there's a whole lot of other things where it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just all about opinion. And we'll talk more about this right after the break. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. More fun than visiting the in-laws. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about mindsets. Make it easy. Let's change our mindsets so that things are easy. Why make it so hard? So our mindsets flow out of what we believe, our conscious beliefs, our subconscious beliefs, but sometimes they're just plain habitual. And sometimes they're both. So it's a belief that we've been holding and it's also habitual. And so changing the belief sometimes takes more effort than just going, oh, I see that. I've been believing something and I don't believe it anymore. That helps a whole lot. But then we're left going, ooh, now I need to change my habits. 
And those can be hard. And if we have both trying to change the habit without changing the belief, well, that's super hard too. So sometimes there is a bit of effort involved in changing the way we navigate through the world, but it is so worth it. Just before the break, we're talking about being right and feeling like and believing that there is a right and an incorrect. I'm not talking about right versus wrong in a moral sense so much, although it can involve that as well. But you know, we believe that there is a right way to greet per- a person. There's a right way to you know do this or do that, or there is a best car to buy, and everyone should buy the, sa- the same best car because it's the best, or there's a best phone, or there's a best whatever it is. And not recognizing that there's a lot of approaches to things and there's different approaches and a lot of them might be right. They might be right together. So just before the break, I was talking just a little bit about part of the problem is that uh, in a lot of times or sometimes there are things that are right and other things that don't match are wrong. Like in math, you know, to say one plus one equals two, that's right. One plus one equals three is not right. But that doesn't translate to everything in the world. One thing to understand is when we are interacting with people in conversation, people often use loosey-goosey words. And sometimes they'll use words they didn't actually mean to use. You know, their mind just it found a word that was sort of close and it popped out with it, but it wasn't really the word that they wanted to, to mean, that they wanted to say. And now we start to get into an argument. Oh, that's not right. Or whatever. Whatever we want to respond, you know. But the the answer, the, the better way to approach that is to ask, you know, what is it they actually mean? Did they really mean the words that they chose? And did our understanding of those words, is that actually accurate? Are we actually communicating here or are we just arguing over something that they didn't actually say? An example of that might be someone would say, wow, that motorcycle is really blue. And then maybe the response might be, oh, that's a moped, not a motorcycle. Well, now we're talking about two entirely different things. One person is really commenting about the color of the vehicle, which happened to be a two-wheeled vehicle. And they weren't talking about what kind of vehicle it was, but now we can get into a big argument over whether it's a motorcycle or a moped and not even be addressing about the color of the item. And the person can feel completely dismissed and unheard. And so now they have to fight even harder about what they just said in order to feel heard. And on the other side, now we're not feeling heard because they didn't address what we said about, oh, it really was a moped. And now we're in an argument over this thing, and it doesn't even matter, but both are feeling hurt and unheard. And so now we're fighting for who's right, and it's diminishing and harming the relationship. Another thing that's true is that often folks have different perspectives on something. And so it's not even that they said something that they didn't mean, it's maybe they said what they meant and we heard it correctly, but they just have a very different perspective on it. And if we assume that our perspective is right and anything else, therefore, must not be right, we can get into an argument with this other person and it turns out that they just have a different perspective. And maybe, just maybe it's possible that maybe their perspective has validity. Maybe their perspective, there is something in it that does make sense 
that is right. But if we're going through the world feeling like, oh, this must be right, and then I must be right in order to be validated and feel good about myself, well, that's going to create a whole lot of conflict in the relationship as well. Here's a statement to give you an example. Statement, cars are good for the environment and are cleaner, a cleaner mode of transportation. Most of us today would say that this statement is wrong. We've been told a whole lot of messages that cars are not great for the environment and they're polluting the air and we need to do something about this because cars are not a clean mode of transportation. But this statement was used a lot of years ago to help sell cars because cars back then were a cleaner mode of transportation than riding on horseback. So with this other perspective, this statement is true. It is cleaner than riding on horseback. I mean, could you imagine, you know, I don't know, 200, how many folks do we have? 200 million people. That wouldn't be everybody in the U.S., but a a good percentage of people had horses and was riding on horseback everywhere they went. What would that do to the environment? And so that statement is true from that perspective. But we could sit there and argue about this statement about whether cars are better for the environment and cleaner for the environment or not. And in the end, we don't even get to a place where we understand one another. So in communication, it's more important, in my opinion, to understand what the other person said than it is to be right. If the focus is on being right, that oftentimes diminishes the relationship and people do not feel heard and understood and valued. Instead, they feel the opposite. But if instead we spend some time to understand what they said and what they meant and what the perspective was, and we could see what makes sense in their perspective and go, oh, I can see that that here, uh, that changes the way the communication goes in, in a totally different direction. And after we've done all of that, then it's probably they're open for us to sharing our perspective and going, well, I experience it this way over here and here's my perspective. And in this perspective, it seems like this is a better a better thing over here. And then they can go, oh, well, I see that. And that's a way better method to communicate by understanding first. In fact, even in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they talked about seek first to understand and then to be understood. If we don't seek first to understand, the person will not feel heard, will not feel understood. And if our focus is being right, just so we can feel good about ourselves, well, that just doesn't work very good. People don't feel good in the relationship, and even the person trying to be right doesn't feel heard or understood either. And that's the problem with the mindset that there is a right or a best. That, that I must be right, therefore everyone else must be wrong. And we get to debate round and round, no one feeling heard or understood. And oftentimes the debate, we're not even talking about the same thing. We're talking about two totally different things and arguing back and forth over it. And we're just not even communicating with each other. So before getting all riled up, Find out what is it they're really trying to say. And if they're using an ER word, cleaner, better, faster, quieter, what are they actually comparing it to? What is it 
that they're really trying to say, and are we just making assumptions about what they're saying, and then just running with that, or really understanding what it is. And this one is pretty huge. Is it possible you could get to a place to be open that maybe you're wrong about something, that your perspective didn't consider all of the options, that what you were saying maybe was too narrow of a focus, too narrow of a frame, and there were other factors that weren't being considered. That makes what you say a lot hearable, a lot more hearable, if you're open to being wrong about it. If you say, well, I'm, I'm open to other, other viewpoints, but let me share how I'm looking at it and let's talk about it. That's a much different, different perspective and much diff- more hearable approach than just saying this is what it is and just statement, say it as a fact and then defending that. And then finally, pick your battles. Not every statement needs to be corrected. So those are the mindsets and there's a whole lot more. But hopefully these help you navigate your world a lot easier. Thanks for listening. 